Flagrant 3 NBA Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Horton, joined as always by Michael the Chat Daddy Chapman. What is up? What is up? And Lucas, I have Corona Glidewell. Uh, it's not Corona. It's a holdover from camping last night. I'm not convinced. Give I'm us your also. case. All three of us are going to die in the next two weeks. Just <laughs> letting you guys know. So I camped last night, and in our part of Tennessee, it was the coldest it's been since the winter. Um... And I do not own a tent because I am too cheap to buy a tent. I have a hammock and a tarp that goes over the hammock. And I thought I packed enough warm weather stuff or like cold weather stuff to keep me warm. And apparently I didn't. So it was in the 50s last night, to be clear, guys. Luke is exaggerating. <laughs> Luke, for one thing, Luke has Corona. And for another thing, Luke is a baby. It's not Corona. It was. It was 20 degrees outside. I almost froze to death. Notice he didn't say he's not a baby. <laughs> he said I don't have corona. I mean, I'd rather refute the uh, the things that aren't true. That's fair. The things that can be proven true. <laughs> All right. All right. We're so what's on the docket today? Yeah, we're recording this at uh, 10.48 Central Time on Saturday Sorry. night. Yeah, on Saturday night, the Celtics just beat the Heat. Seth, how are you feeling? I feel like having Gordon Hayward on the floor is a godsend, even if he's not doing anything. And also, we're going to lose the next game. I I think the Celtics are going to win the series. I'm going Celtics in seven, like I said Yikes. the first time we gave predictions. Yep. Marcus Smart woke this team up. The most fitting thing in the world, Seth. Was Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart and Jalen Brown. Yeah, they went just, off at the beginning of the game. Like, first play, Marcus Smart and one. The next two plays, Jalen Brown buckets. Just drive into the hole aggressively. Yep. It, it was the perfect way to start the game. And to me, that was proof that Marcus's flare-up or whatever it was in the locker room was I mean, 100% that's, a good thing. I'm, I, I, I wasn't there, so obviously I don't know what exactly happened. But I wholeheartedly believe they had a screaming match at each other because they're competitive and they want to win. And they were just teammates that got heated. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. And I think that Jason and Kimba and even Brad saw that and were like, these guys want to win. We mm-hmm. ought to want the same. Because, um, it. I mean, they had played well in games one and two. The Heat were just... A tiny bit better and better in the clutch, but mm-hmm. the Celtics were not engaged down the stretch in the fourth, especially in Game Two. And I think that really got. I think that got to the other guys in the locker room, mm-hmm. and then they closed out this game very well. And there were a couple of things in this game that really helped us that are kind of oddities, I would say. So we had four guys. The Celtics had four guys score in the twenties. Wow. Yeah. Who were they? Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Kimball Walker. Okay. The four guys who were in the meeting with Brad the other night. Yep. To be clear. To be clear. Jason Tatum also had 14 rebounds. Yeah. And eight assists. Yeah. J- Jason had four okay. assists in the first quarter. Really good game. Hot take, but hear me out. Jason Tatum is going to be a less athletic, better shooting LeBron. That is a very hot take. It's a wrong take. 
I, and I will give you that. I will. I will keep my Jason Tatum as a lower level Kobe over the LeBron take. But he's a, at least in this postseason and since the bubble, really, he has proven that he has taken his playmaking to another level, mm-hmm. to a level yeah. that I believe is above what Kobe had done as at least as a passer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kobe has, was as I, good a passer as Jason, but not nearly as, as willing a passer. Exactly. That is true. Uh, that also being said, Goran Dragic, who has been the reason that we have lost. He, in an off game today. Yeah. He he went two for ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought he was going to score like 32 points. <laughs> <laughs> like going into the game, my, my prediction was Goran Dragic scores 32, we get blown out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Bam Adebayo had 27 and 16. Yeah, Bam was on, really real good. On 10 for 14 shooting. Bam was That's... fantastic tonight, especially offensively. Um, he, right, did... he was good as hell on the defensive end, too. Yeah. It, the Bam, number Bam of... is just one of the best players in the league at this point. That's what it is. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I think he's... Bam needs to bring more consistency to the table before I give him that. I think Bam's feasting on a team without... A tall center. Yeah. Or a, a center. Or a center, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> let's be real, we have a bunch of six eight guys who just have different play styles. He's feasting on Daniel Tice and Ennis Cantor, who does not play defense. Does it, does yeah, Ennis that might be play? fair. I think... Ennis yeah. played Ennis five played minutes. minutes. Yeah. He's at least one of the top centers in the league. Top three, four centers. And, yeah, I, I couldn't be higher on Bam. I think the Heat are going to win titles with him. I, I love the guy. Mm, titles. That's plural. plural. That is more than one. That is. That I, is mathematically, I believe, <laughs> equal or greater than two. I think you're right. <laughs> so, chat, break that down for me. They have, I mean, Bam is, like I said, one of the best centers in the league. I think he plays winning basketball more so I, I'm with than... You. Any other center in the league, maybe. Um, Looking at you, Hassan. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> they have so many young guys around him. Obviously, Goran and Butler aren't young, but Tyler yeah. Hero, Duncan Robinson is still pretty young. Um, and then uh, Kendrick Nunn is on that team. I think he's going to be very, very good, especially defensively. Yeah. I think he'll be a defensive menace, actually. I, I don't know. I think that he's they've got a good enough young core, and then they'll have flexibility in the future once Dragic's contract is up. I Speaking of none, I find it really interesting that since the playoffs started, Spo has just not played Kendrick Nunn almost at all. I think that speaks to how well uh, Dragic has been playing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's way more Dragic than Nunn. Um, okay. Because they can't really have both guys on the court mm-hmm. um, when you've got Tyler Hero and you've got Jimmy Butler and you've got... Uh, Duncan Robinson and all, mm-hmm. all the guys they want to be able to get minutes to none has just kind of been the odd guy out. Um, which also, question makes sense, especially in this series. Has Iggy been absolutely feckin' useless? He's washed. <laughs> yeah, Iggy hasn't been good. I think he's. I think they knew that he wasn't going to be great. I think they probably knew that Jay was going to be the better player when they traded for Iggy. I don't know that they knew that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I think he has been, he's been the champion in the locker room, which I think there's something to be said for that, probably. Mm-hmm. One thing that happened, one th- I love this series because both of these teams are very chippy. 
Yes. They're very strong-headed, and mm-hmm. it's it's been intense but not hateful basketball. Yes. Uh, there is one moment, and we talked about this, uh, of kind of hateful basketball, and that was Jay Crowder and Jalen Brown. I enjoyed when they went at it. Yeah, play. no, it's very enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, they went at it in Boston. Yeah, I was about to say, they, they have mm-hmm. not liked each other no. for some time. Yeah, I mean, Jay, I think Jay really felt like they drafted Jalen to replace him. And then, he's not wrong. Yeah, and, right. and then they went and got Gordon Hayward to replace him. Jay just doesn't doesn't like the Celtics, which is completely fair. Yeah, sorry about it, Jay. Still, I loved Jay when he was with the Celtics, and yeah. I still have feelings about Jay. I I feel like we respect Jay Crowder on the pod. Yeah, I respect yeah. him. I don't necessarily like him just because he fucked with Jalen Brown. I mean, <laughs> sure. Um. But other than that, I mean, the, okay, one other thing. He, Whenever he tweets, it's in all caps every I, fucking time. Okay. <laughs> I want to speak on this. I love Jay Crowder uh, tweeting in all caps. It is it is so emotionally charged, and it's just perfect for Jay Crowder. Here's the... Uh, it's very I, on brand. It's very yeah, on very brand. brand. Because every time I read something in all caps, I just imagine the person who sent it mm-hmm. is screaming. Whenever <laughs> I thought you were gonna say is Jay Crowder. Is Jay Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't think Jay Crowder has ever said something without screaming. That's that is also true. true. <laughs> um, one of my favorite holdovers from Jay Crowder being on the Grizzlies this season is whenever the young Grizzlies tweet about Jay Crowder, they tweet in all caps. I love that <laughs> so much. Yes, I love that Jay. And this is a small thing, but I love that Jay went to the Grizzlies play-in game. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay and Mark were both there. I thought that was a really sweet moment. Yeah, you can tell mm-hmm. everyone who's been involved in that organization deeply respects everyone there, from the ownership all the way down to the players. Yeah, and it's really, really sweet. The Grizzlies aren't obviously the most winning organization, but I, I appreciate that everyone who's been involved has nothing but good things to say about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, except Iggy, but except mm, Iggy, but mm, there's one other guy. Oh, there's one other guy. I was gonna, I wanted to hold off on this, but this is such a good segue. There's a guy by the name of Joe Dumbfuck, um, <laughs> and Joe Cowley. You you may have heard that rookie of the year, John Morant, won with. 99 out of 100 of the votes. And Joe Dumbfuck is the one who did not vote for him. Correct. And, you know, you're you're the homer yeah. for, for Memphis here. Luke, you tell me what happened. They finally released who voted for who. Um, and this guy voted Zion first. And, mm-hmm. like, that's whatever. Who cares? Um, if it was a little of a closer race... I wouldn't be, like, upset about it. I'm not upset about it. It's just kind of a stupid thing to do. But, yeah, John Morant tweeted out this guy and was like, uh... Thanks I'm, for the motivation, my guy. He, he was like... <laughs> Have he, a good Sunday. He was like, I'm not mad. I just want an explanation. And this guy tweeted out, uh, this Joe guy. Can you, can we just read the tweet? Yeah. Um, do you have the tweet on you? I'll delete this yeah. part while we're looking for the tweet. Yeah. The tweet's actually pretty easy to find. Okay, so 
uh, Joe Cowley tweeted out an explanation of why he didn't vote for Ja. And he said, at Ja Morant, uh, Ja is a transcendent player, no arguing that, but the rookie of the year should go to the most impactful. The NBA built a TV schedule around Zion and expanded the bubble for Zion. His 24 games were must-see TV. I have a problem with the 24. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing on, he says, I'll take that 24 and change PER and stand on the side of that side of history. Um, rookie of the Year, MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year were all based on the regular season, not the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um that's the first thing he got wrong. So it's technically 19 games, not 24. Yeah. Um, and Fair. And Zion had a good 24, like a good 19 games in the regular season. But that does not make up for John Morant playing almost three times that. Yeah. If well, ladies and gentlemen, Zion... surprise. Welcome to court. We're putting Joe Dumbfuck on trial. And I think you guys already have an idea of where we're going with this. Yeah, I don't see any way this guy is innocent. For one thing, if Jaw and Zion would have played the exact same number of games this year, Jaw would have gotten a few votes for Rookie of the Year. Like mm-hmm. a few first place votes. He wouldn't have won by any means, but it, it would have been a debate at that point. But Zion played a third of the games. Yeah. You can't... I don't see how you get it. I, I, I don't understand at all. There is also another fold to this. Um, a lot of people are asking for his voting rights to be taken away for all the, the voting categories yeah. in the NBA because his defensive player of the year was, uh, can you insert a drum roll effect? Patrick Beverly. Ooh, <laughs> boy. Oh. Yeah, it's... Ooh, oh, oh, I wasn't ready for that one. He needs to... I'm a Clippers fan, and I, I just strongly disagree. <laughs> yeah. He does not deserve a vote, in my mind. Uh, this is not... Uh, you know what? Without any further ado, Luke, Luke what's your what's your verdict? Uh, he's guilty. Uh, take right. his right, voting rights away. Chap. Guilty, take his voting rights away. All right, I'm going to go guilty. I don't want to take his voting rights away. Here's what I want to do. I want to lock him into a padded room with John Moran. <laughs> no cameras for 10 minutes. Just just see what happens. It's funny. Uh, after he tweeted the explanation, John Moran quote tweeted it and went, have a bus day. <laughs> there we go. Responding with class. That's why I, I love Jaw. I love Jaw too. I love Jaw. Now, in a similar John is event, very pro- passive aggressive on social media. <laughs> also true. John's also social media true. is my favorite thing. Now, in a similar vein, there is another analyst out there who has been dragged through the mud, the who has been weeks, yeah. shat upon, who has been called stupid. Yeah. And this analyst goes by the name Maria Taylor. She is a goddess, first of all. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. I love her. Period. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like Maria Taylor. Cool. There we go. I need everyone to agree with me on this thing. This is my religion now. Um, 
Church of Maria Taylor. <laughs> the Church of Maria Taylor. I might take all of this out of the pot. <laughs> <laughs> I still go to a Christian institution that might expel me if technically, they hear any of technically this. Technically, I do too. It's a joke <laughs> for legal reasons. <laughs> all right. So Maria Taylor's gotten a lot of flack because she didn't have Anthony Davis on her first, second, or third team All NBA. Her reasoning was that she kind of just forgot about AD. Thoughts? I can see actually how that happens. If you're going through, you assume he's going to be on the first team, but then you're like, oh wait, LeBron and Luka. LeBron and Giannis are going to be the two forwards, and then I have Jokic at center, Mm -hmm. and then you forget, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because AD could have been a forward or a center. I, I don't know. Yeah. It seems. I mean, obviously, she should have double, tri- triple checked everything. Yeah. I spent 10, 15 minutes thinking through my all NBA teams, and it wasn't a great list because I didn't like research all the guys. I didn't realize how good a season Westbrook had, for instance, and I left him off. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I feel like if you spent any amount of time preparing for and filling this thing out it would have been better. I'm not saying she's guilty yet. I don't know what my answer is going to be. I want to hear y'all's thoughts. I mean, it's understandable. I forget a lot of things sometimes. Um, it's it's harder to think of forgetting Anthony Davis when he was one, like arguably the best Laker this season. Um, but also, like I can see just LeBron getting first team and then going, there's some other Laker, I don't know who, but... <laughs> I mean, that's that's the perpetual issue of playing with LeBron, is yeah, just... Yeah, you get, you get sent into to the shadow. background. It's, there's always something that comes out, like when you play with LeBron and you win, it's LeBron's the, LeBron's the best there is, and then yeah. when you lose, it's your fault, so... Yeah, that's a big part of it. Uh, personally, Maria, you messed up. <laughs> You goofed. I listen. I I understand. She's human. We're human. We forget things. We mess up. Whatever, whatever. But in this particular case, I'm kind of like this. Is kind of your job, and it kind of also affects like people's salaries and and yeah. their contracts and stuff. And I'm like, when it comes to this kind of thing, like this is it's a big deal. You can't be lack lacks about it you know yeah especially because there were like there were a lot of people who thought ad shouldn't be on first team because of Jokic and lebron and Giannis mm-hmm. or whatever and, and there were other people who thought that ad was in the running for mvp yeah and so, so yeah it, it, it could have easily swung whether he was on first team or not yeah first um, team or not sure he's but to leave him gonna off, be on one right first the second third right what i'm saying is her vote not like her not putting giving him any points for first second or third team could have affected like kept him off of first team entirely for yeah. the the league and then that would have just screwed up like the supermax or whatever yeah and and that also goes like towards hall of fame stuff too mm-hmm. yeah all right so luke what's your verdict i don't know i'm not guilty it's not as big of a deal, I think. Mm-hmm. I think we're human. We make mistakes. We forget sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go guilty. I think it's 
the lightest guilty that I've ever had, but it, clearly she messed up here, like you said, but a light sentence because I understand what happened and it was just an honest mistake. You just have to watch AD highlights from this season for an hour. <laughs> I I do want to, or you go ahead, Seth. So, and a two to one decision here. Oh. Um, I'm going to have her as a light guilty and I'm my sentence for her is to spend the next week clapping back at sexist asshats on Twitter. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. I mean, that's what she's been doing anyway. Maria yep. Taylor, a true friend of the pod. True friend of the pod. Um, so I would like to get your thoughts really no fast. And <laughs> probably never will. I would like to get your thoughts on something I saw when results first came out. Um, Kevin O'Connor tweeted that ballots for first, second, and third team should go positionless. With the NBA moving towards the era of like stretch fives and small ball, do you think it would be wise for a shift to non-positions? I, I don't think so. I agree with you, chap. Because here's my thing. If you switch to positionless voting, yeah. you're going to have 15 6'7 to 6'9 guys. Yeah. And like maybe one or two centers. And I just don't think that's fair for the guys who don't get the eye-popping stats. Okay. Like the the Rudy Gobert's yeah. and the Bam Adebayo's of the world who deserve you know, first, second, or third team, all NBA, because, not because they play good defense, which doesn't show up in the in the box stats. Yeah, because they play good defense and because they do the specific thing that they do at yes. an elite level. Yes, like, and that's something that you get with guys that are six ten and above or six four and shorter. Yeah, and you, and maybe we can talk about like. Giannis is eligible for center or whatever because he plays center a decent amount. Um, or AD has to be a center. Mm-hmm. Or it's something along those lines. We can talk about those things. Yeah, I do think probably if we're going to do the position thing, you need to be locked into uh, a position. specific like, position. That, I also don't like that, though. Because if you do that, that severely limits the lineups that you can run like in-game. Here... Or at least as logged as this position minutes kind of thing. Well, I just mean for the first, second, and third team NBA or whatever. I got you. I think that it's unfair to say AD can be listed as a center on your ballot when he played 85 to 90% power forward this year. And then Chris Middleton has to be a forward when he played like 30, 35% shooting guard. That was the the crux of KOC's argument mm-hmm. because Middleton was left off but half of his votes counted for guard and half counted for forward yeah and I can understand I I, I think I agree with Chap's notion that you should be locked into a position mm-hmm. whether it be just guard or just forward yeah. or whatever right. um, and maybe even the player gets to choose that yeah be I'd fine. be fine with that <laughs> LeBron would always be listed as a point guard then. <laughs> oh, it's it's not fine. wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. LeBron and Luka can be point guards. Dame Willard would never get first or second team ever again. Correct. And I see nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> there we go. 
<sighs> but we're talking while we're talking about Lakers, let's talk about the Lakers Nuggets series. And by that I mean the single game that they've played. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and how it was also rigged. Yeah, we could have easily put the refs on trial here. We already put the refs on there trial is, earlier there like is a few weeks ago. No need to put the refs on trial. These are two specific refs. It's Scott Foster and Tony Brothers. They are known it is common We're, knowledge that they should not have their jobs. So I missed the game last night, uh, because I was in the middle of the woods. Uh <laughs> did they do a game together? Yes. They no, did. they didn't. Yes, they did. They did a conference finals that game is together. Disgusting. <laughs> it was awful. The Lakers, Luke, shot twenty five free throws in the second quarter. Jeez. In the second quarter, not the second half. That is more than two free throws per minute. That's yeah. I there's no justification for that at all. And don't get me wrong. Like there are occasions like the Lakers versus the Blazers uh, yeah. series. When most of that driving. had to do, yeah, that most of that had to do with play style. But I mean, the Nuggets drive to the basket plenty. Yeah. And a lot of this, if you go back and you watch the film, there are a lot of plays where it looked like a foul on the Lakers. Yeah. And then they just called it on the Nuggets. Yeah. Instead. LeBron on. There were at least three different drives where LeBron came up and elbowed a guy as he was getting into the lane, um, and the guy was still moving. Yes, but he took LeBron elbowed him in the side and yeah. he fell over or whatever. And then it's an and one yeah. for LeBron. There were at least three of those in the second quarter alone. But the thing is, if they start calling those on LeBron, he's going to whine even more, and the yeah. media coverage is going to be all over them for that because mm-hmm. Skip Bayless and whoever else nah, love screw to talk that about guy. Dude, you know what? I under I love Skip Bayless <laughs> for what he is. And that is nothing more than an entertainer. Um who I hate is Nick Wright for obvious you, reasons. Yeah, you've talked about this. Yeah, have I talked about it on the pod? Not on the pod. I think within All right. our group. Pod people, I want you to listen. Podsters my flagrant people. Here's the thing. I'm a stats guy. I go deep into the analytics. Chap knows this. Lucas knows this. Yeah. Everyone knows this. Nick Wright is a stats guy who looks at the basic box score stats and just uses them in the most basic, bullshittiest way possible. To, to enforce his love of LeBron, his hate for the Celtics, uh, his, you know, whatever biases he has at the time. Yeah. He just uses, like, the whole MJ versus LeBron thing, and he talked about, you know, he scored more on less efficient shooting. And I'm like, he shot less than 1% worse than LeBron. You can't just wave that away. Those you know? are really close numbers, yeah. Yeah, you can't just be like, oh, well, he's inefficient compared to LeBron. I'm yeah, like, his, they're within the same percentile. Well, and his his efficiency compared to his peers at the time because of the defensive yeah. rules and things like that was actually yeah. better than LeBron's. Yeah, and that's and I'm not trying to get into a MJ versus LeBron debate. I'm just, I'm saying these are the kinds of numbers and yeah. ways that Nick Wright uses analytics to just kind of yeah. throw together a bullshit narrative that he just wants to be true whether especially it's across eras yeah um because counting stats mm-hmm. counting stats are bad anyways but yeah. they're especially bad across eras to compare players from 
20, 25 years apart. Yes. It does not work that way. It does not. You have to take into account you have to scoring adjust for inflation, league average. league average. You have to adjust for pace of play between eras and all kinds of different things. And it's not an easy task to do, and you can't do it in just five minutes. Yeah. I just think Nick Wright is lazy. And he passes himself off as a smart analyst when he is just the furthest thing from it. Yeah. Nothing's worse than a, a guy that thinks he knows stats. Yep. And they don't. We kind of went on a tangent there. That's <laughs> mostly my fault. By mostly, I mean entirely. So this Lakers series between the Lakers and the Nugs, let's say that Scott Foster and Tony Brothers don't officiate the entire series together. Okay. It's going to be hard, but okay. <laughs> How does the rest of the series play out? Uh, Lakers in five. Lakers in six. I got Lakers in five. I, uh, there was a post the other day, um, and this kind of goes along with... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I was thinking I was, I was thinking and, Scott Foster and Tony Brothers still officiating. I couldn't get in the mindset. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm real. I have to picture it. Uh, Lakers and six. Okay, that was so much. <laughs> there was a post in the uh, the overstated group the other day of this guy was like uh, he listed all the ESPN analysts and only one of them had Nuggets in seven mm-hmm. and he was like I'm riding with this guy I and mean that's fair the Nuggets have won in seven at least twice yeah and I've I commented under and I was like if you do not think the NBA is gonna rig this for the Lakers you are mistaken I, I didn't think it was gonna happen because I thought Adam was above that but Adam could have vetoed it's, Foster it's, and Brothers being is, on that group it is not Adam Silver it is the ghost of David Stern I 100% believe that. I'm convinced. <laughs> I think I think it was in his last will and testament. David Stern just went, fuck it, bronze winning this year. <laughs> there it is. <sighs> there it is. I love that. I hate it, but I love it. Are we allowed to slander dead men on this podcast? No. Yes. <laughs> I, I think we go with, it's the ghost of David Stern, and we don't talk about it after that. All right, that's fair. That's fine. I'm gonna have a heavy, heavy editing job. No, you can keep if, keep all of that. If, if you are listening to this podcast and you've heard ungodly slander, it's because I got lazy. Okay, right. um, chap, you, you wanted to talk it? about the Pacers, right? The, the, or the, the, the Pelicans. Pelicans. Yeah, you already yeah. talked about the Pacers. Yeah, we talked about the Pacers a couple of weeks ago. So I've started a series that I'm writing, basically outlining what a successful offseason looks like for every NBA team. Um, And I've only written two of these so far. I wrote the Pacers one. You can basically hear the outline of that. It involves them getting Bradley Beal and Mike D'Antoni. You can hear that a few episodes back where me and Luke talked about the Pacers, Sixers, and Bucks offseasons. But um, today I wrote uh, one of these about the Pelicans and what they should do this offseason. And that involves a trade for Karis LeVert. Interesting. Um, does it include hiring Mike D'Antoni? It does not include hiring Mike D'Antoni. I My think... addition included hiring Mike D'Antoni. And then but... subsequently firing him. And then firing him within a week, but chap, 
pose that. Uh, yeah, can you can you just lay this out? For okay, us? so uh, I want to know what the purpose of hiring and then firing D'Antoni is. So I I kind of had a little joke that I tw- uh, commented under Chap's post of the Pelicans should trade should trade Zion before the NBA figures out he's a bust. You get max value for him now, and then Chap was like, "That won't happen." It won't happen because as soon as they try to trade him, the NBA is going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) And then I said, what if they hire Mike D'Antoni and then go, oh, we're running small ball. We don't need a clunky forward that can't run. And then Chap said they hired D'Antoni, trade Zion, and then fired D'Antoni all within a week. This is obviously (laughs) stupid. It's I don't know why we come up with this. idiotic. I co-sign it. <laughs> I'm, I'm behind it 100%. I'm all for D'Antoni just getting hired by teams that want to dump a center into the <laughs> trade market just for a week. Oh, my gosh. So, okay. I'm just going to give you guys my outline for what the Pelicans should do this offseason. Go mm-hmm. for it. Step one, first and foremost, this is by far the most important thing. Get Zion on a diet. And get him on the treadmill, whatever you have to do. Yeah. I, I think put put an assistant coach in charge of managing and like helping him lose weight Just with the full intent of firing him if Zion gets can mad. Get him down to a weight that is safe for him. Yes. And especially mm-hmm. have him work on his biomechanics, especially when it comes to landing. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that weight is probably around 230, 235. What's he at right now? He's at like 260, 270. Oh, 260. Yeah. I'd say, I think 240 could be fun. Yeah. I think dropping 20 20 pounds is. Yeah. Dropping and maintaining that. Yeah. I I will say he is in the worst city in the NBA to lose weight. They they almost need to move the team. They need to move the team to Seattle. <laughs> to get Zion on a diet like that, and so yeah, that's yes, <laughs> you're correct. That's step one. I mean, he's the franchise. If he stays healthy, they're possibly perennial title contenders. Step two, hire Kenny Atkinson. I think he's a okay. really, really good coach for young players. Young players have loved playing with him in the past, especially with the Nets. I mean, all those guys, Karras. I mean, I also Jared think he's Allen, just a good coach. Spencer Dinwiddie loved playing with him. Yeah, and he's a good coach. He just doesn't have a job because Kyrie and Katie understandably run the Nets mm-hmm. now. Yeah, that that Nets team last year was really fun with him. Yeah, it was leading so it. Fun. It really was. Um, so yeah, I think that's the move as far as coaching. I think it, he would want to coach there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a fun city to be in. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be good moving forward, probably. Um, so yeah, I think that works well. And then step three, this is basic and obvious uh just give brandon ingram a a max contract he's gonna be a restricted free agent isn't he yeah i say just match whatever contract he gets that's fine i guess unless they plan on like doing an extension Mm -hmm. in which case i you would have to max him for him to sign it i also don't think he's worth a max right now I think, I think that his potential could be, but I personally don't think he's ever going to be a max player. I think mm-hmm. he's on the low end of a max contract right now. Um, I think he is the third banana on a, on a championship team, which to me 
signifies Max. Con- I think he's a good third banana on a title team. Is he as good as Chris Middleton? Max contract? No. Is but, he going to be as good as Chris Middleton? Probably not. But he could. I don't there think he is, There's your Max answer. Then. Yeah, that's it's the Chris that's, Middleton line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's the Chris Middleton line. Because Chris Middleton, I think, is the bare minimum player that can get a max contract. Uh, you, you know, I think Brandon Ingram probably will be about as good as Chris in his prime. Right at that level. I think he'll be a better scorer and not as good a defender. I can I can see that. I just... I, genu- I genuinely am not sure. Yeah. Uh, and so that... I, I I'm a gambling man. I probably, if I were the Pels, would take the gamble on this. That being said, you give him a max contract. If he doesn't pan out or if he gets like seriously injured, you're stuck with an albatross. You, yeah, you are stuck with that contract. Yeah, yeah, I, that's fair. I agree with Seth. I think I think you're moving more towards you sign him for not a max, but just enough to mm-hmm. where you can trade him off. Yeah, if you need to. Yeah, that's. And that being said, if you have to give him the max to keep him, give him the max. Yeah. I'm just saying, don't start with the max. Yeah, I said start with the max just so he doesn't get mad and want to leave because him not wanting to be there and not trusting management seems <laughs> also almost fair. worse than him not being what? there. What a superstar player not wanting to play in New Orleans and asking for a trade. What? Uh, where's no he gonna way. go? The Lakers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Step four. You let Derek Favors and Etwan Moore walk. Yes. They're, yes, yes, yes. They're not good. Wait, who's the first player you said? Derek Favors Derek. and Etwan Moore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's... the thing is that Derek Favors is sucking minutes away from other players. Yeah, he absolutely is. Frank, or not Jackson, Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes should have yeah. had more minutes this year. So yeah. much more. And then uh, you re-sign Okafor. Uh, Frank Jackson and your guy Seth Sindarius Thornwell to small deals um, that'll cost you about 7 mil between the three of them and that's yeah. fine to pay those three guys you get a couple of players who can be you get some, quality minutes off the bench you get some guys on the fringes on the margin that might help your team Like yeah. it, it might raise your floor a little bit but it's not going to necessarily raise your ceiling yeah. what's going to raise your ceiling is the stars that you are trying Currently trying to grow. Yeah, and I think that Frank Jackson actually is a guy who could raise the ceiling of a team. I think he could become a very, very good three-point shooter off the bench, which raises the ceiling of a team. Do they stick with Drew Holiday? That's step five, is they trade Drew Holiday for Karis LeVert and Garrett Allen. Garrett Allen, or Jared Jared Allen. Allen. No, not Jared Allen. Garrett Temple. Uh, Yeah, trade Drew Holiday for... Karis LeVert and Garrett Temple. Okay. Um, Temple was just in that trade to make the salaries match. Um, yeah, I was. I was about to say. I'm like, I, what? What? What contract is Karis on right now? Karis is 16 mil a year for the next three years. Okay. Um, which is a nice contract. That is a very nice contract. Um, because he brings pretty much everything but outside shooting. Yeah, he. I, I think Karis has and possibly he's, superstar potential. Ooh, okay, I don't know about that one, Chief. Uh, okay, uh, would they want another guy that could play inside the three-point line, or do you think they would look for a trade with outside shooting? Well, the, that's the thing, is the other trade 
that the Nets oh, seem to yeah. have offered is Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen, who I like both of those guys, but they're both on expiring deals. Or yeah. Dinwiddie has a player option mm-hmm. for 2021. And he's not going to stick around. He, yeah, that's $11 million. He's worth more than $11 million, at least by a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's worth... He's not going to stay in New Orleans. In my estimation, so. Dinwiddie's worth $20 million minimum. Yeah. He's going to go get paid somewhere. He's not yeah. going to stay in New Orleans for sure. So I don't see... Why I don't see that trade bringing value long term toward winning a championship, which was what a good off season is about. I'm with you. I also don't think they should get Jared Allen. I don't think they need. I, they don't need uh, another, another big guy. Big guy, yeah, yeah. The, I, I, they have Jackson it, Hayes it would, and they have Zion. I think just, that's the front court you need for the yeah, future. It would just be a team of rim runners at that point. Yeah, yeah. I agree with all of that. So you try to get Karras. The, the Nets might not give up Karras for Drew. There is one issue I see with the Karras move. What's that? Because of his lack of outside shooting and being paired with Lonzo, who can't shoot from the outside unless he's wide open, creates a spacing issue for the team. Of, uh, like, deadly spacing. In the yeah. short term, it does. I'm going to count on one of those two guys... Leaving? Leaving or getting better. It, getting better would probably be Karis Liver. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's nothing against Lonzo. I think Lonzo's a fine player. Uh, he is exactly what I had predicted him to be when he was drafted. And, yeah. 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 I, Lonzo's fine. Lonzo's fine. He's just a guy that was taken too high, Yeah, in my opinion. This, I think he probably should have been mid-first round. Yeah. I yeah. And that trade is not... Maybe back the, in the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. That, that trade is not for the sake of winning now at all. It's yeah. for the sake of accumulating talent, getting as many guys who could be good in the future getting on your assets. team. Yeah, getting assets and then, um, and winning in the future. Yeah, winning in the future. The championship yeah. window will probably open around twenty twenty three for this team. Mm, I'd probably say I'd push it back like twenty twenty five. That's maybe. what I was thinking. Possibly, I, I think it depends on how quickly Zion develops. I mean, Brandon and, Ingram's going to be like a sixth, seventh year player, and how Jackson Hayes pans out as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because Jackson Hayes is really the other big man and, that you need, you need him. To be a good center. Yeah. And you have to think, there are a lot of other teams in the West that'll be coming up at the same time. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it's it's either that or you'll just have to, like, re-shift during the middle of mm-hmm. your playoff window. Yeah. yeah. And that's what a lot of teams have to end up doing. Yeah. But which is, there's no shame in it. The, the other thing, the other possible trade option, if the Knights don't want to trade Karras, which they might not be willing to, mm-hmm. would be... Trade for Dante DiVincenzo in like two picks to I think, like protected first rounders or whatever. Honestly, which I, I think, think the Bucks would give up. I think that's a better better trade. Mm-hmm. It helps spacing a little, a little more than you had before. Yeah, yeah. And does JJ Redick stay? JJ Redick is on an expiring contract. He maybe is an asset you could trade in the middle of the season. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, it's thirteen million, which is maybe a little bit high for what he does now. Also, can we get a rip for uh, his playoff streak? No, he doesn't deserve it. <sighs> Listen to uh, the old man and the three or whatever. I do love yeah, that name. Whatever though. it is, that is so ringer. Yeah, it's not on the ringer anymore. He went oh. so well. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. It was called the JJ Reddick podcast on the ringer, and, and then, now it's shout the old out man to JJ, the independent uh, creative now. Yeah, yeah, just like us. <laughs> Except we don't make any money. We are a step away from JJ Reddick <laughs> in the podcast. We're we're coming up right behind you. <laughs> JJ, watch out! We're coming for your listeners. <sighs> All 
Alright guys, I think that's all the time we have for tonight. Yeah, it is. It's getting late. I need to edit this thing. Yeah, it's getting late. You need to edit. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Flagrant 3 Podcast. We love you, and we'll talk to you later. It's been real. He's got his hair hanging in his face like Jesus. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Bro, two of my friends' moms have called me Jesus in the last Dude, it's like, the scraggly beard and the unkempt hair, and then just like sucking on down on a s'mores shake from Sonic. Sponsor us, Sonic. Sponsor us, Sonic. <laughs> I had Luke go get the shake for me just for your sponsorship. I spent $6. Sponsor me, and I might stop swearing.